What a weekend, you know, absolutely thrilling. We came last night, as Debbie said, and got shown around this facility. And, you know, it is just amazing, absolutely awesome. The space you've created for this growing family is absolutely wonderful. You have turned a space, sorry, a place into a space where Jesus will reign. And we're very excited to see what he will do among you over these coming years. You know, we need churches like this in our nation. In a time when the church is seen by so many in our society as being outdated, irrelevant, with shrinking attendance and influence, St. Albans Vineyard is a flagship church, which is quietly but powerfully saying, it isn't as you may think. God is on the move. His people are responding to his leading and making a real difference in society. And this building has a presence in the community. The building itself makes a statement. It's not a statement about buildings, but rather about the church of Jesus Christ. If you think the church is shrinking and outdated and irrelevant and has no influence in society, have a look at what is going on here. Its presence will elicit the question, what goes on in this building? Who's involved here? What is it that they do? What you've achieved here actually gives other Christians and other churches hope. The fact that you as a people have believed that there's more, that you've pressed through the obstacles and the challenges which will have come in this process, it inspires others around this nation and beyond to believe for more in their local setting. Churches in the UK tend to be small, that's true. And we praise God for every small church and every medium-sized church across our land. Churches are not all supposed to be large, like this one. But like different plants in a garden, each church is called to be what it is called to be. You know, the, the kind of garden plant that God has chosen for it. But whatever kind of garden plant God has intended a given church to be, there is still the potential for that church to be constrained from being all that it can be. Its health, its growth can be restricted. Not uh, intentionally, but churches can be held back by those in the church resisting new people being included, by the people in the church becoming content with what is, with little passion for what could be, by not being willing to take the risks of reaching out to our colleagues and friends and neighbors and inviting them, people who don't know Jesus, sharing our faith, settling with there not being enough space for those the Lord might bring not being willing to part with their own money to enable facilities to be built. Now, these things do not describe you. This church is as healthy as it is and as large as it is because you have refused to settle. You're a people who are willing to press into the challenges the Lord's presented to you and to fulfill his calling, even when it's not easy. You are a bunch of risk-takers. You know, Chris and Fliss are risk-takers, uh, right from the beginning, 28 years ago, when we were uh, in Anaheim and overlapping there, what, what they gave up to plant this church, just a little tiny group of them, uh, was significant. And they've taken risks at crucial points along the journey. And, you know, they could have thought, you know, we, we could have an easier life. To be honest with you, who wants a building project? It's about the heaviest, most stressful thing you can take on in pastoral ministry. You know, we could settle. We've already got one of the largest facilities, church facilities in the whole of this city. Do we really need to stretch again and extend? 
but they've embraced growth. They've embraced the challenge of building the original building and then now this extension. And uh, it's evident that while Chris and Fliss have set the tone here, you are a church of risk takers. It's in your genetic code. You've taken risks, you've pushed boundaries which others may not have realized could be pushed. For instance, your worship wasn't constrained by what others had done. I remember, I can't remember whether I was present or whether I saw a photograph of one of your very first meetings in a low-ceilinged pub and uh, with your first worship leader, Chris, leading on the guitar and then preaching the sermon. Debbie and I loved listening back in the day to your worship from the burn service with Mark James and the band. Sam Lane, of course, wonderfully led this morning, made a significant, has made a significant and ongoing significant contribution with far-reaching effect. And we enjoyed him as many of you will have recently watching him on TBN. Someone once said, you know the last words of a dying church? We've never done it that way before. And you've proven the converse to be true. No one's done that before. We sense it's God, so let's do it. And you've seen what God can do through risk takers. And today, standing in this building, you've shown yourself to be willing to risk, to step up to a challenge when you believe that God has initiated it. You've sacrificially over the years given some of your best away. So some of you may not realize that as we worship here this morning, you have given away other leaders to plant other churches around the nation. So this morning, it's not just contained in this room and the next service, but there are people worshipping in churches that were planted out of here in Hull, Southampton, Stevenage, Teesside, Canterbury, Bishop Stortford, Hemel Hempstead, Dunstable, Crouch End, not to mention your grandchild, York, which was planted out of Hull. You're a generous people. You know, buildings like this and this extension don't just happen. They are only possible through a generous people. Many of you will have given sacrificially in order to provide the money that's been needed to do this. For many of you who gave, it was probably by far the biggest gift you have ever made in your entire life. It's cost you, and you felt that. Perhaps you didn't take a holiday that you're used to taking this year. Perhaps you didn't replace your car. Perhaps you have delayed an extension on your own home to enable this extension to happen. Whatever sacrifices you have made, I want to assure you, you will not regret them. Your investment is going to make a significant contribution to the kingdom of God in God's will being done in St. Albans as it is in heaven. Things will happen on this site, in this space, which had you not given would not be able to happen. Lives will be touched. Many, many individuals will be touched by the love of Jesus as they come into these spaces. Today we're celebrating this wonderful facility, but we all know that facilities, buildings, are not the goal. Facilities facilitate what God is doing and they provide space for people to flourish in their calling. Now, if you stop to think about it, there are not many people who get to give their money to something which makes a major impact and which they're a part of. So some people give to charities and they do tremendous work around the nation, across the nations, and they get to read updates on what that charity is achieving. 
But you get to see the impact of what you have given to, week in, week out. And you're a part of what God is doing through this church. You care for those in need. Many of you serve in the feed program. You see the way God's compassion is expressed as you minister to those who need, uh, those who are in need. And some of you will engage deeply with the individuals and families who come seeking help. As you sit down with them, it'll be in comfortable surroundings that speak value in a way that many of them may never have experienced. Whether you're one of the many volunteers who serves in the feed program or not, if you have given time or energy or money to make this building a reality, you are part of every life being touched with the love of Jesus. That should make you happy. As you walk around there and you see the potential for thousands over the years to come through there, if you gave time, energy, or money to make this building happen, you're part of it. As your standing order flows out of your bank account each month if you're fulfilling an ongoing pledge, let me remind you of what you've invested in and the huge numbers of lives that will be eternally changed because you gave. That feed program is something else, isn't it? If you haven't seen around, I'd encourage you to. We saw it last night. You've got the food bank ministry, that sort of supermarket area that people can come and choose their own things. That's a great symbol or sign or whatever of dignity, actually giving people choice. And through training and equipping people with skills in cooking, using computers, in assisting other charities, other organizations, and social services, through prayer and counseling, helping individuals keep going. Grow Baby is just looking amazing, so beautiful in there. So just absolutely, everything you do, you're doing really well. And that ministry is a shining example of what a church, which really takes seriously with the Bible's teaching on care for those in need, can, uh, can do. It's a phenomenon. It's recognized way beyond these walls around this nation, probably beyond this nation, people know about what you're doing. You're a people who extend yourselves to the next generation or for the next generation. Thousands of lives will be touched through Vineyard Kids. The quality of facilities you've invested in and provided for this next generation it just is extraordinary. Children's lives will be touched in profound and powerful ways as they come to Vineyard Kids, and there will be many in their schools whose lives will also be touched through interacting with them. Every little torch that goes out, every little candle sets fire to others and has an influence and in lighting up the, uh, you know, the places in which they find themselves. And of course, it's not just the 200 and something children who are here each Sunday, but the many, many more who will be here over the coming decades and all those whose lives will be affected through all those children. Now, I'm well aware that you've never seen children as anything less than fully the church. They're not the church of tomorrow. They are the church every bit as much as we are. And you've got rooms of different sizes to accommodate the worship and activity of different age groups. Now, the largest room happens to be this one. For the largest group, roughly the 18 to 90s group meets in here. But in every room this morning... God is being worshipped through activities tailored specifically to each age group. Every age group is equally valid and valued. Any child walking into those children's areas or being carried in if they're too young yet to walk is going to feel that value. I love the elephants and flamingos and everything that's going on in there. And the, the little 
lose and uh, furniture, the sensory room, just absolutely amazing. Your children are safe, well cared for, well taught, and for so many of them, this is the most exciting time of their week. And there's more. You've probably seen the plans for the youth auditorium, youth rooms and spaces upstairs. That can only be done when the money is given. And I just want to let any of you know it's not too late to give to the growing family because there is so much more that can be done and will be done uh, as we impact youth on a massive and huge level into the future. Now, I know that on this journey of the growing family campaign, a verse which has been important to you and which is contained in your brochure is Isaiah 54, the first two verses. Let me read that to you. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Now, I'm just going to unpack these two verses. And as I do so, I'm just going to dip into other translations, other biblical translations. They're just going to help amplify and unpack a little bit uh, what it's saying. It refers there to your descendants, your children and their children. In the Amplified Version, verse 2 says this, Enlarge the site of your tent to make room for more children. And you have certainly done that. It refers to the land. The Good News Bible says your people will get back the land that the other nations now occupy. We live in a kingdom, the United Kingdom, but we also know that we live in the middle of a kingdom battle. This nation has the fingerprints of the kingdom of darkness in every arena of society. There's poverty, loneliness, broken families, injustice, slavery, abuse. And just as the kingdom of God broke in with Jesus, so now through us, through you, his kingdom is extended. His rule, his reign is expressed through us. As a movement, we are committed to extending God's kingdom together, everywhere, in every way. It says, your people will get back the land that the other nations now occupy, the other kingdom occupies. Through the children of this church, through the teenagers, through the rest of you, St. Albans will be a different city. Increasingly one where the kingdom of God takes back the land that is currently occupied. The New Living Translation of verse 2 says this, Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. That's the translation you've used. And at the Lord's prompting, you have enlarged your house. You have built an addition. The footprint of which is larger than your original building. And you've still got another floor to develop. You've spread out your home. Isaiah said to them, spare no expense with an exclamation mark. The, revised, the English revised version says, make your tent bigger, open your doors wide, don't think small. Again, with an exclamation mark, don't think small and spare no expense. Adding nearly 16,500 square foot is not thinking small. Yeah, that's amazing. You've done that. You've spared no expense. 
And in sparing no expense, it's not that you've spent excesses, excessively on sort of fancy details. You've very wisely and carefully refurbished the most cost-effective kind of building that is available in this country. What in the building trade is rather unglamorously known as a brick-fronted portal frame shed <laughs> with the upper story covered in crinkly tin. That's what they describe it as in the building trade. You've turned it into a wonderful center with excellent facilities for children, youth, and the community. You have opened your doors wide. You have not thought small. You've not been constrained by what people may have thought was possible. You know, you, when you first heard this vision cast, you may have thought, oh my goodness, there's no way we're gonna be able to do that. How many, how many, was it millions of pounds? But you've done it. The Lord has not been constrained. You have faithfully followed God's leading, knowing that God can do more than all we ask or imagine. He wanted this building built. He wanted this space to become a place where his will would be done, his kingdom expressed. That phrase, spare no expense, speaks of not allowing resources, finances to dictate what could happen. It also speaks of the attitude which many of you here have evidently demonstrated. We all know most people live pretty much at the limit of their means. Not many people have loads of money to spare. And I imagine that many of you who gave to the growing family felt the pain of that financial sacrifice. I believe God would want to affirm you today that you did not think small. You have spared no expense. In order to make what was once a cardboard model and a computer-generated 3D CAD, a reality that we see this morning. This weekend is a milestone in your journey as a people, a weekend to thank God for. You've arrived at a milestone. But of course, you haven't arrived. This weekend, celebrating what God has done in providing this amazing facility is a beginning of the next chapter of your life as a church. It is a springboard moment. There is more. If you're one of those faithful members who have been here for the last 28 years, I want to encourage you, there is more. If you've joined more recently, there is more. If you're here today for the first time and you're thinking about coming back, there is more. God is doing a wonderful thing here. And he has plenty more. Excitement, challenge, growth, provision, miracles, and kingdom impact in so many ways, on so many levels, that we cannot yet imagine. May God continue to richly bless you. And to God be the glory. Great things he has done and great things he is going to do among you. If the band would like to come back. Thanks, John. Well, uh, what a wonderful and encouraging message for us all. And we do just want to thank both John and Debbie again for just coming and sharing this time. Just give them another round of applause. And uh, it, it seems fitting to me before we, we draw this session to a close that we should worship again. So why don't we have the team back up and we'll worship. And then we've got one or two words of knowledge and things like that to do some ministry time, which uh, you can avail yourself of. But uh, let's all stand now, shall we?
Let me just pray. Father, we want to say thank you. It is sometimes a little uncomfortable to hear the affirmation that you bring. And I know that as a people, we want to just turn it straight down and say, um, it's you, Lord, it's all you. And that's the truth. But we do read in your word, there is room in the kingdom for you to say to us, well done, well done. And so, Lord God, we will not be ungracious. We will receive that well done and that commendation. So thank you for it all, and thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.